Folks, have you checked out the Irish History Podcast shop recently? Right now, I have a sale of 30% off everything when you use the code SALE30. So go to irishhistorypodcast.ie forward slash shop and get 30% off everything when you use the discount code SALE30. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, folks, and welcome to the Irish History Podcast. My name is Finn Dwyer and this is Stealing the Stone of Destiny. This show is a fascinating account about the theft of a medieval artefact in 1950 that made headlines across the world. This story has its origins, as you'll see, in the events surrounding my Fatal Feuds podcast series and when I came across it I thought it would be well worth a bonus episode, even if it is about Scottish history rather than Irish history. On Christmas Eve 1950, the night watchman at Westminster Abbey, London, discovered a Scottish student locked inside after the building had closed for the evening. Thinking little of the incident, he escorted the 25-year-old Ian Hamilton to the exit after a brief questioning. A few hours later, this night watchman realised he had made the mistake of a lifetime. As Westminster Abbey sprung to life on Christmas morning, it emerged that one of its most valued possessions the Stone of Destiny, also known as the Stone of Scone, was missing. It was immediately obvious his encounter with the Scot Ian Hamilton the night previously was more than just coincidence, given the history of the Stone of Scone. The Stone of Scone, or the Stone of Destiny, is a large piece of reddish-brown sandstone which symbolises the fraught history between England and Scotland since the 13th century. It had once been used in the inauguration ceremonies of the medieval kings of Scotland. That was until 1296 at least. As those of you who have been tuning in to my Fatal Feud series will know, King Edward I invaded Scotland that year. Supported by nobles from Ireland such as the Red Earl of Ulster and the Lord of Offaly, King Edward's army took the Stone of Scone from Scotland by force and brought it to England. For centuries the stone was kept in Westminster Abbey. It was symbolically placed beneath the seat of the coronation chair of the Kings of England. Nothing could symbolise Scotland's domination by her southern neighbour more. However, by the mid-20th century, modern Scottish nationalism was on the march. In the aftermath of World War II, demands for home rule for Scotland soared, with over two million people signing a petition known as the Scottish Covenant which called for increased autonomy. 
However, the British Parliament in Westminster resolutely refused to pay any heed to it. In the increasingly fraught and tense political atmosphere, the Stone of Scone became central to the debate around Scottish autonomy, as Scottish nationalists, seeing it as a symbol of their independence, demanded it be returned from England. In January 1949, police, fearing it might be removed from Westminster, had stationed police around the Abbey after Scottish students had issued an ultimatum demanding it be returned to Scotland. While nothing happened on that occasion, nearly two years later, on Christmas Eve 1950, Ian Hamilton and three associates made a very serious attempt, one which was interrupted by the night watchman of Westminster Abbey. Indeed, while it had been carefully planned, the removal of the Stone of Scone by Hamilton and the three other Scots was something of a comedy of errors. When spotted by the night watchman, Hamilton was supposed to be hiding to open the door for his accomplices. He later returned along with another man, Gavin Vernon, and they did manage to force a door and gain entry to the Abbey. However, once inside, the actual removal of the stone presented a major challenge given it weighed over 300 pounds. While lifting the stone from its position in the royal coronation chair, they dropped it and it fell onto the abbey floor, breaking into two pieces under its own weight. At this point, you can only imagine what was going through the heads of Ian Hamilton and Gavin Vernon, the two men removing it. They had just broken the symbol of Scottish independence, something they were hoping to return to Scotland to help a cause they fervently believed in. The thought of leaving the Abbey must have crossed their minds. Nevertheless, they carried on with their mission. Ian Hamilton hauled one of the pieces to a waiting car outside by a teacher involved, Kay Matheson. Hamilton then returned to the Abbey to retrieve the second part of the stone, which he brought to another car. After a very fortunate encounter with a completely unsuspecting policeman, the two cars then successfully left the vicinity of the Abbey and began the long drive north to Scotland. However, once the stone was discovered missing, the border between England and Scotland was closed. To compound the problems they faced, Ian Hamilton had little chance of ever reaching the border in the car he was driving, although the stone had broken into two pieces and was being transported in two separate vehicles. The larger piece in his car was so heavy it was placing unbearable strain on the suspension of his car. There was nothing for it but to dump the stone. So Hamilton hid the stone in a field in Kent before driving north to Scotland with a fourth accomplice, Alan Stewart. Meanwhile, Kay Matheson, driving the second car, faced equally difficult problems. Unbeknownst to her, the police had already identified her car and were searching for it. However, she was in complete agony at this point and scarcely able to drive after she had broken two toes when the stone had fallen on her by accident when it was being moved into her car. She, like Hamilton, decided she needed to rid herself of the stone, so she parked her car up at a friend's house in England before returning north by public transport. While all four reached Scotland safely, the stone, now in two pieces, remained south of the border in England. A week later they returned and retrieved these two pieces of the Stone of Scone, which was finally returned to Scotland in the opening days of 1951 for the first time in over 650 years. The first thing to be done was to take it to a stonemason who set about repairing it. Unsurprisingly though, a massive manhunt was underway for the four young Scots and their precious cargo. On January the 6th, 
police in London found a plaque from the coronation chair which had been removed by Hamilton and then dumped at a World War II bomb site in the city. This led to an intense search of this area of London. However, the stone was already in Scotland by this point. North of the border, police were trawling through library records in Glasgow, hoping to find evidence of people who had borrowed books about the stone. While the authorities were closing in on them, the actions of Hamilton and his three accomplices were proving wildly popular in Scotland. While the stone was still missing, Scottish politicians and public figures alike demanded that once it turned up, it should remain north of the border in Scotland, regardless of how it had got there. The Lord Rector of Glasgow University, Dr John McCormick, himself a Scottish nationalist, warned against punishing those involved as he said, very grave resentment would be aroused in Scotland. Within weeks, miniature replica brooches of the Stone of Scone were selling out in Glasgow, Edinburgh and other Scottish cities. By April, the media frenzy was approaching the ludicrous, with some newspapers claiming that silver arrowheads, which had been robbed from Holyrood Palace, were going to be melted down and refashioned into medals of honour for those who had been involved. At this point, Hamilton and the others, unsure of what to do with the stone, and undoubtedly under severe pressure and stress, left it on the altar in the ruins of Arbroath Abbey. This site was specially chosen, as it was there in 1320 that King Robert the Bruce made his famous declaration of Scots independence. Once discovered, the police seized the stone and brought it to Glasgow, where it was identified and preparations were made to ship it south to London. Meanwhile, the investigation was closing in on the four, and they were brought in for questioning. Alan Stewart, Kay Matheson and Gavin Vernon all admitted their involvement. Ian Hamilton denied his, but later admitted to having been involved to the press. None were charged. While the police claimed they didn't want to give credence to what they called a jape, the reality was quite different. The popularity of the action surprised everyone, including the police. They were undoubtedly terrified that any attempt to punish the four would provoke a major backlash. Nevertheless, this could not stop the stone being brought back to London for the second time in its history. On April the 13th, 1951, large numbers of Scottish nationalists picketed Glasgow Central Police Station where the stone was being held, awaiting removal to London. That night, the Stone of Destiny was successfully shipped back to London and placed in Westminster the following day. However, the actions of Ian Hamilton, Alan Stewart, Kay Matheson and Gavin Vernon had clearly struck a chord in Scotland and are seen as a key moment in modern Scottish nationalist history. Two years after the stone was brought back to Westminster, it was used in an English coronation for the last time, when Elizabeth II, sitting over the stone, was crowned Queen in 1953. Over 20 years later, another attempt by Scottish nationalists was foiled in 1974, when Robert Carmichael Stewart tried to bring the stone back to Scotland. Finally, 700 years after the Stone of Destiny had been stolen by Edward I's armies, it was returned to Scotland in 1996. While Scottish independence seems increasingly likely, the events of Christmas 1950 have never been forgotten. They were even subjected to a film adaptation. I use the term subjected because it is, in a word, dreadful. Neil Smith, a Film 4 movie critic, described it as a woeful slice of sentimental whimsy that makes Braveheart look like a documentary. 
To finish the episode, I tried to find out a bit about the four who took the stone back in 1950 and where they are today. Ian Hamilton lives in Scotland and has contested EU and Scottish elections for the Scottish National Party. Kay Matheson was also a member of the SNP or Scottish National Party and an election candidate. She once famously quipped she had no regrets, saying, apart from losing my toes, but I'm managing all right without them, in a reference to when the stone had fallen on her. She died in 2013, aged 84. Gavin Vernon died in Canada in 2004, and I could find little about Alan Stewart's later life. In the next episode, we return to the Middle Ages and the Fatal Feuds series, as the de Burgh and O'Connor families face each other in a major showdown beneath the walls of Athenry in 1316. Finally, don't miss your chance to get my audiobook with a 20% discount at irishhistorypodcast.ie using the coupon code LISTENER. That offer closes at the end of August, so this will be the last chance to get it. That address, one last time, is irishhistorypodcast.ie. Until next time, Slán. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.